love is not a feeling. The enemy is always cunning. The Bible calls him a thief, a liar, and a snake whose singular agenda is to steal, kill, and destroy. John 10.10 10. And when it comes to faith, perhaps the biggest con job he has put on believers who don't know better is this. The devil swaps out our faith and substitutes it with our feelings. Just think about the thoughts and feelings that so often stop us in our tracks every time we try to take ground by faith. Thoughts like, I just feel like I don't have enough faith. I have tried believing God, but I don't feel like it is working. That thing, that thing I am hoping for is not logically possible given the circumstances. I messed up. I don't think God is going to answer me. I don't know if I really believe. I'm just not feeling it. Have you been there before? Like a crafty dealer in a game, the devil draws your eye away from the sure and unshakable foundation for your faith. The word of God and instead gets you to focus on how you feel based on how things look in your situation. You step out of church full of faith on Sunday. But before you know it, you find yourself deflated and demoralized. Because Come Monday, what just happened? You have been played. Beloved, enough is enough. It is time to call the devil out of his rules. Faith is not a feeling. Our feelings are subject to the ebb and flow of our daily experiences. Can you imagine what it would be like if our faith were really predicted on our feelings? Depending on whether we are having a good day or woke up on the wrong side of bed. Depending on whether we mess up that day or not. Our faith will follow our feelings on all their, on all their ups and downs. Is that the sort of faith God meant for us to have? No way. So if faith is not a feeling, then what is it? In Hebrews 11, 1, God gives us this definition of faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Notice the Lord's deliberate choice of ways to describe the faith we are to have. God uses ways like substance and evidence that convey a sense of tangible, concrete, and almost indisputable surety. This tells us that although faith is unseen, it is not airy or flaky. It is certain, faith is secure and sure. Do you know why? Because it is based on the unshakable word of God that speaks of the irreversible work of Jesus at the cross. That is why the Bible tells us that faith comes by hearing the good news about Christ. Romans chapter 10 verse 17. So what is faith? Faith is a spiritual decision to believe in the Lord. His word and his work for us. 
It is a decision that is born out of intimate, out of intimate relationship with the person of Jesus, and sustained by Him. Now, does that mean our feelings and emotions don't matter? Does that? Does it mean we should never feel scared or worried again? Of course not. But what it does mean is that our faith is separate from our feelings. Our faith is separate from our feelings. Because they are separate, they, it means that even though you have feelings, they don't have to affect your faith. Just look at these characters in the Bible who, in spite of their adversities, they faced and how they felt held fast to their faith and saw their breakthroughs. First Samuel chapter 30, that is David as it lag at one of the lowest points in his life after his enemies had plundered his city and home and carried himself in the Lord. Then in Second Chronicles chapter 20 verses 1 to 30, Jehoshaphat, in fear when free heaven armies beyond number had gathered themselves against him, set himself to seek the Lord. Then in Jeremiah chapter 1 verses 1 to 10, Jeremiah himself, afraid to face the people God had called him to speak to, received a revelation from God and showed up to preach anyway. Isn't that feeling freeing to know? That is okay to feel the way you do and not let it affect your faith. And that is not all. Not only is faith separate from feelings, but it is also superior to your feelings. That simply means that what you believe has the power to affect how you, how you feel. We don't need feelings to validate our faith. But when we believe right about the Lord, our right believing produces the right feelings. In Psalm 56 verse 11, the writer paints this powerful ways about faith in the Lord. In God, I have put my trust. I will not be afraid. We see here that choosing to trust the Lord results in fear being driven from our hearts. Choosing to declare God's word by faith exerts a positive influence on our emotions. Beloved, there is nothing wrong with having feelings, but God doesn't want your feelings to rule over your life. God wants the reality of his abundant grace and the unbreakable relationship you have with him to dominate your heart and mind so that you will reign over every area of your life, even in your feelings and emotions. Romans chapter 5 verse 17. So now you know better. Next time someone tries to pull a first one on you and gets you to examine how you feel to, to determine whether you are in faith or not, don't fall for it. Own the word, own the promises of God to you. Take authority over how you have been feeling this past week. Begin by finding passages of scripture that speak life into the situation you are facing. And confess them out loud. Brother, don't focus on how you feel as you do it. Simply declare and speak God's words to and simply speak God's word, words of truth by faith. And when you speak out God's words of faith, you realize the powerful effects 
of your words over how you feel once you start declaring the word by faith. Amen. Share this podcast and bless the soul. Shalom. Remain blessed. Bye-bye. Faith speaks. In other words, God has a slang. Do you know that God has a slang too? He has a way of speaking for his people. He has a way of latching onto that which will cause us to walk in his identity as his sons and daughters and experience the power and and result his words produce. In Mark chapter 11, verse verse 12 to 14, and verses 20 to 22, Jesus demonstrated the power of his divine pattern of speech, which he cast a fig tree for not bearing fruit. The next day, as he and his disciples passed by the same way, the disciples were fabergasted to find a fig tree had withered. They gathered around their master, amazed and eager to learn more about how something like that could happen. Jesus replied, Have faith in God. Mark chapter 11 verse 12. Or have God's faith. Do you, do you have God's faith? Or do you have faith in God? Notice how Jesus didn't rebuke his disciples for asking. Instead, he invited them to partake of his same power and ability. He and his father shared the power of God's slang. This slang and way of speaking is called faith. And today, God is extending that same invitation to you. When you learn God's language of faith, you will see and experience God's kind of results. How many of us are glad Jesus didn't just stop there? The author of faith himself continued to teach them about this wonderful language of faith. Jesus followed up by saying in Mark chapter 11 verse 23 and 24, For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believe that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Did you get that? Look at just how many times Jesus mentions the word says. Beloved, what God wants you to know about how the language of faith works is that faith speaks. The way that you exercise your blackboard authority as a believer in the fact of every mountain in your life, in the face of every mountain in your life, the challenge you are facing, the obstacle in your life or in your way is to simply believe and then speak. In Romans chapter 10 verse 10, the voice of the risen Christ through the apostle Paul further ratifies this by telling us, for for with the heart one believes unto righteousness. And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. The word salvation here comes from the Greek word sozo, 
which actually refers to being saved from all kinds of peril in life. To be, to be set free, to be restored, to be made whole, to be healed. Mm, that is a mouthful. But what this verse simply means is that by the same way we received the greatest gifts, salvation through Jesus Christ, we also receive every other accompanying gifts and blessing into our lives by speaking. By speaking out in faith, we can move even mountains. Jesus then went deeper still in the explanation of the language of faith. Jesus told his disciples that whatever things they spoke or asked for, the, for in prayer, they had to believe that they had already received them before actually having them. This is exactly what he demonstrated with the fig tree. Jesus didn't speak the words. Let no one eat fruit from you ever again. Then grab a stool, sit down beside a tree and wonder to himself. I wonder what is going to happen or what's taking so long. No, 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 no. The moment Jesus spoke, he believed what he had spoken to the tree had already taken place at its roots. Jesus didn't see it happened to believe that the miracle had taken place to the Lord. It was as if it had already happened. What Jesus was asking his disciples to do was to believe without sin and then start acting as if what they had asked for had already happened. This probably reminded his disciples of something else. He had told them in an earlier encounter where he had encouraged them to respond to the promises in God's word by believing and speaking as if they had already received what those promises said they had. Jesus told his disciples, For whoever has, to him more will be given, but whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. Mark chapter 4 verse 25. The word has in the original Greek language means to own or to possess. How do we own our miracle? By claiming it with our words, speaking it out. So there are two things the Lord wants us to get about the language of faith. Faith. First, faith is a deep revelation that we already have what we ask for in prayer. It is the divine realization and belief that we have all that God's word says we have even before reality proves it. Second, the Lord is encouraging us to speak and act as if it has been done. As if we already have a miracle. When you start saying by faith, I have it, God says, yes, you do and you shall have it. Because the truth is that you really do have it, if every spiritual blessing has already been made available to us in Christ, not being able to see it yet does not make it, or does it mean that it's any less real? In fact, in biblical Hebrew, there is no future tense. It is almost as if God designed the language of his people in such a way that they would always speak as though 
they already possess all the good things they spoke of. For example, when we read the blessings in Deuteronomy chapter 28 in our English Bibles, they all seem to start out with blessed shall you be, implying the blessing had not come to pass yet. But the word shall was added by translators for readability, meaning it isn't there in the original Hebrew text. It would be more accurate to read it than as blessed are you already. Romans chapter 4 verse 17 summarizes the very nature of God's land this way. He calls those things that do not exist as though they did. Beloved, this is the way God speaks. He doesn't speak what he sees. He always speaks what he wants to see. I know things goes against I know this goes against everything we are used to in the world. Are we really supposed to look at the very real and visible mountain looming before us and offer visible confessions and words? Can our speech really change the hopeless situation in front of us when even our best effort can't? The disciples obviously feeling the same way about the inadequacy of their faith and their words ask Jesus this, Lord, increase our faith. To which Jesus answered, if you have faith as a master seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be pulled up by the roots and be planted in the sea, and it would obey you. Luke chapter 17 verses 5 to 6. Have you ever seen a master seed? It is among the smallest of all seeds. Some are not much bigger than the period at the end of a sentence. It is so tiny and near visible that you had probably missed it if you weren't looking out for it. Doesn't that remind us of how we feel about the impact of our words? What Jesus was telling them was that while our words of faith might seem as small, invisible, and insignificant as a master seed, they have the power to uproot something as massive as a tree. Just as God, be, just as God beheld the darkness and the void at the drawn, and the void at the drone of creation, and said, "Let there be light," and light was just as Jesus in a storm swept fishing boat on the sea of Galilee looked the tempest square in the eye and declared to it the peace he wanted to see. God. Want us to pick up his his slang today and speak forth what he wants we want to see. Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13 tells us we have the same spirit of faith that is described in the scripture when it says, First I believed, then I spoke in faith. So we also first believe, then speak in faith. It is as simple as that. We believe, we speak, and Power is released to change what we are seeing into what we want to see. The Lord wants us to know his ways in our mouths as powerful as his words in his mouth. Do you want to see results? Do you want to see your mountains moved? Then start speaking God's slang today. Speak in faith. 
Like all slangs, God's slang is not meant to be spoken only to yourself. So find someone today to practice it with. Call or text a friend to hang out. Then try this activity together. Take turns to declare God's promises and blessings over each other. Remember that when it comes to God's slang, it is all about speaking forth what God sees, not what you see in the natural. You can prepare some verses you want to, to speak over your friend beforehand. And you can also listen and give voice to all the good things the Lord tells you on the spots about them. Their future and etc. In keeping with how biblical Hebrew has no future tense, speak God's blessings over your friend as though they have already come to pass. Lastly, respond to each other's good declarations by believing and receiving each one with an Amen. In Hebrew, that means truly or so be it. A powerful term in God's language too. Speak the language of faith. Speak God's slang. Amen. Share this podcast and bless your soul. Bye-bye.